Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you would open your Bibles to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 28, this is God's Word. The wicked man flees, though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. When a country is rebellious, it has many rulers, but a man of understanding and knowledge maintains order. A ruler who oppresses the poor is like a driving rain that leaves no crops. Those who forsake the law praise the wicked, but those who keep the law resist them. Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand it fully. Better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. He who keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. He who increases his wealth by exorbitant interest amasses it for another who will be kind to the poor. If anyone turns a deaf ear to the law, even his prayers are detestable. He who leads the upright along an evil path will fall into his own trap, but the blameless will receive a good inheritance. A rich man may be wise in his own eyes, but a poor man who has discernment sees through him. When the righteous triumph, there is great elation, but when the wicked rise to power, men go into hiding. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. Like a roaring lion or a charging bear is a wicked man ruling over a helpless people. A tyrannical ruler lacks judgment, but he who hates ill-gotten gain will enjoy a long life. A man tormented by the guilt of murder will be a fugitive till death. Let no one support him. He whose walk is blameless is kept safe, but he whose ways are perverse will suddenly fall. He who works his land will have abundant food, but the one who chases fantasies will have his fill of poverty. A faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. To show partiality is not good, yet a man will do wrong for a piece of bread. A stingy man is eager to get rich and is unaware that poverty awaits him. He who rebukes a man will in the end gain more favor than he who has a flattering tongue. He who robs his father or mother and says, it's not wrong, he is partner to him who destroys. A greedy man stirs up dissension, but he who trusts in the Lord 
will prosper. He who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. He who gives to the poor will lack nothing, but he who closes his eyes to them receives many curses. When the wicked rise to power, people go into hiding. But when the wicked perish, the righteous thrive. May God add his blessing to this reading from his holy and inspired word. First of all, a reminder about the book of Proverbs. Although it's divided into chapters, it is simply a collection of sayings. It is nevertheless God's word. But unlike a narrative passage or even a psalm, where the units are generally much more linear in their progression, you have this, which leads to this, which leads to this. The Proverbs are not like that. So there is a ton of territory in this uh, chapter, a lot of different things that are in this chapter, and we're not going to have time to look at all of them and focus on each one. But I want to highlight several And you'll see that there are certain themes that tend to recur in these sayings. Again, I remind you, this is God's word. The opening verse, the wicked man flees though no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. Why is that? If you have a guilty conscience, if you know you're doing stuff you shouldn't do, then it's much easier for you to be frightened. Because down deep inside, everybody knows right from wrong. Now, not everybody knows all the right things or all the wrong things, but everybody knows enough to know that they've messed up. All of us have enough of a conscience, enough of God's law written on our hearts, that we know we've messed up. And everybody has. All of us have done wrong. Well, if you're living in that, if you're still pursuing that, if your guilt has not been resolved by God's grace, then you've got a guilty conscience, and when bad things happen, it's like, oh, I bet that's because I did, I bet that's because I failed to. And so there's much more of a fear factor if your conscience isn't right, if you haven't made peace with God. And God offers forgiveness and mercy and grace to those who put their trust in him. But if you have not received his mercy and grace, you're going to find it a lot tougher in this life because when bad things happen, and they do, it's going to spark a lot more fear in you, and that's actually a mercy. That is a gift because fear is a good thing if it lets you know that all is not right. But the righteous are as bold as a lion. Does that mean if you are walking with the Lord, you will never feel fear? No, it means if you are walking with the Lord, you will not be governed by fear. Fear is not going to control your behavior. You're not going to behave based on how you feel when those feelings come. When fear attacks, you can be bold as it says right here, a lion. Now, even a lion can be startled. A startle reflex is a healthy thing. That's okay. 
but fear should never govern your life. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Look at verse 6. Better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a rich man whose ways are perverse. Well, if the guy's blameless, what's he doing being poor? Doesn't God make us rich if we do the right thing? Not necessarily. God knows what's best for us. And it's possible to be walking closely with the Lord and in a tough place financially, but God will always provide what you need. He will always give you everything you want, but He will give you everything you need. And some of the greatest blessings in my life that helped me to know God better came in situations where financially I was having to cling to His promises and trust in Him to provide. When you look back on your life, who comes to mind as someone who helped you when you struggled? You have the opportunity to be that person for a child in crisis. A growing number of people are committing to leave a gift in their will to organizations who care for children who are searching for healing and hope. Where's Valley Ranch is that place and the healing and hope are found in Christ. After your family is cared for, would you please consider including a gift in your will to Where's Valley Ranch? When you do, you will become a member of Legacy 145, declaring Yahweh to the next generation. Learn more about Legacy 145 by going to wvr.org and click on the link. Again, the link for Legacy 145 can be found on our website at wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone Into the realm of the unknown Where Jesus is And is holding out his hand So, it's better by far To be a poor man Who's doing the right thing Whose walk is blameless Than a rich man Whose ways are perverse Does that mean that all rich people are perverse? No It means what matters is not your financial status, it's your life. Are you walking with the Lord, or are you walking in perverse ways? Well, I don't want to be perverse. I mean, that's really bad. Well, can can we get an example of that? Let's see. Verse 7, the very next verse. He who keeps the law is a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. What is a glutton? A glutton is somebody who pigs out, who eats and eats and eats and eats and eats and just stuffs their face. Well, that's not a bad thing. That's just kind of the American way. It's it's destroying people's health. It's absolutely wretched. Now, why does God tell us these things? Why do we have to have rules? Because God loves us. He designed us. He made us. He knows what's best for us. Don't be a glutton. God says, not only are we not supposed to be gluttons, God says, you're not even supposed to be the companion of gluttons. Don't hang out with people who do that. That's what it says. Verse 7, he who keeps the laws a discerning son, but a companion of gluttons disgraces his father. Wow. So if I see somebody who's, who's totally pigging out, in my opinion, what should I do? Denounce them. No. Just don't hang out with them. 
Don't be a buddy and say, wow, man, I've never seen anybody put so much away. That was awesome. No, that was disgusting. Don't do that again. I'm your friend. I don't want to see you die of a heart attack. Verse 8. He who increases his wealth by exorbitant interest amasses it for another who will be kind to the poor. Did you know that during COVID-19, there were people who took out loans in states like ours where they could be charged 400% interest on the loan, 600% interest on the loan, crazy exorbitant interest on the loan. And the loan companies that loan money like that to people who can't afford it but are desperate made a lot of money during COVID. For them, it was like, whoo, we've got money to lend, and these folks have a need. Okay, they've got medical bills. They've got rent to pay. They need groceries. We'll loan them the money. They're going to owe us big time for a long time. You know what God says about that? God says that is evil. It's absolutely evil. And I wish here in Tennessee that the good people in Nashville would decide they're going to start restricting that kind of activity in our state. Best counsel that I can give you about borrowing money? Don't. Don't. Well, what am I going to do if I can't afford something? Pray. Get another job. Well, during COVID, we couldn't do that. You could still pray. If God has to send ravens with daily food, he'll do whatever it takes to take care of those who are trusting in him. If you're walking in obedience to God, he will provide for you. I know firsthand what it is to be a child in a family where there was no food. And as we prayed and thanked God at mealtime for the fact that this was the first time in my parents' entire marriage of over 20 years at that point, this was the first time that they'd ever been in a situation where they had absolutely no food. The doorbell rang. I jumped up, answered the door. There was nobody there, but there was a great big thing, like you cook a turkey in, and it was hot to the touch. And I called to my mom, and she came and with her mother's hands, picked it up and brought it inside, and it had a great big ham in it, fully cooked, surrounded by wonderful vegetables, ready to provide not only that midday meal, but enough food to get us to the weekend when my dad would be paid. Let me tell you something. I know firsthand God will provide miraculously. He'll do whatever it takes, and I've seen him do it in my life more than once. That's the only time that we literally as a family had no food. But God provided. God provided. So, don't ever take advantage of somebody else's need by charging exorbitant interest and know that the people who make themselves financially rich by doing that, according to God, they are storing up wealth for somebody else who's going to be kind to the poor. Well, how's that going to happen? Because God will take it away from them. And God will end up providing resources to those who will be generous to those in need. 
God promises to do that. God promises to do that. He'll take care of the poor. And that's why the poor should not look to money lenders. They should look to the Lord. And God's people should be helping the poor. And the government should stop the practice of charging exorbitant interest. Verse 10, he who leads the upright along an evil path will fall into his own trap. In other words, if you're trying to mess somebody else up, God will make sure that it comes back on you. But the blameless will receive a good inheritance. What does that mean? It means an inheritance is something you get in the end, okay? It happens down the road. You may not be rich, 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 rich your whole life, but God will make sure that you receive an inheritance. And those who are in Christ Jesus literally are joint heirs with Jesus. And he is the heir of all things. That means if you are a Christian, you are by definition rich. Doesn't mean you necessarily have a lot of money. It means God has made you his child and you can depend on him to provide everything you need and it will end up one day in abundance. Jump over to verse 13. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Several times in verses we've already read, it talks about the blameless. It doesn't say the sinless. It doesn't say somebody who's never sinned. It talks about the blameless. What's the difference? You can be forgiven. We've all sinned. But when we come before the Lord in dependence on his grace, he washes us clean and we are declared blameless in his sight. So, whoever confesses and renounces their sins, not only confessing them, but renouncing them. I don't want to do that anymore. God, deliver me from that. I'm not just saying, well, I know it's wrong, but if I had it to do over again, I'd do it again. No. It's saying, God, I know that's wrong. Please forgive me. Change me. I don't want to keep doing that. Verse 14, blessed is the man who always fears the Lord. Just want you to notice the word always. But he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. If God's dealing with you about something, obey. Don't harden your heart. Always fear the Lord. Verse 16 talks about the fact that we should hate ill-gotten gain. In other words, not just don't pursue it, hate it. If it's money that is achieved through, for instance, exorbitant interest or some other way of taking advantage of people or deceiving people, it's wrong. God hates it. So we should too. Look at verse 19. Now, go verse 18. He whose walk is blameless is kept safe. But he whose ways are perverse will suddenly fall. It may look like, well, he's getting away with it. How come God lets him do that and nothing happens? Just wait. He'll suddenly fall. He can look like he's doing great, and all of a sudden, it's done. It's over. And when that person stands before God, let me tell you, you do not want to be in their shoes. We need God's mercy. Verse 20, a faithful man will be richly blessed, but one eager to get rich will not go unpunished. 
God says he'll punish people whose goal is money. Why? Because Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. It's impossible. No one can serve two masters. If you are out to get rich, you're not serving the Lord. Oh, but I'm going to use the money for the Lord. Well, then pursue the Lord and let him bless you with wealth. Is it possible to get rich while pursuing the Lord? Absolutely. If your goal is to get rich, God is displeased because your goal is not to honor him. But if your goal is to honor him, he may bless you with financial wealth. He may not, but he'll definitely meet all your needs, as I've said over and over. A stingy man, verse 22, is eager to get rich and is unaware that poverty awaits him. Why? Because God is in charge of the universe. And if you are not generous with what God has blessed you with, God will take it away from you. And you sure can't take it with you. A greedy man, verse 25, stirs up dissension. But he who trusts in the Lord will prosper. What's the difference between greedy and stingy? A stingy person is one who's hoarding what he's got. Okay, He's got plenty to help this person, but no, 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 I, I can't do that. Can't do that. That's a stingy person. A greedy person is always wanting more. Okay? Their focus is on acquisition. The stingy person is on preservation. Both of them are not focused on the Lord. They're failing to look to the Lord and depend on Him. Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. We are supposed to live each day in dependence on Him. Verse 26, he who trusts in himself is a fool. I want you to say that out loud with me. He who trusts in himself is a fool. One more time. He who trusts in himself is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom is kept safe. Well, what does it mean to walk in wisdom? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The first thing you need to know about God is that you're not him. Okay? There is a God and you're not him. And so it's like, okay, I need to be concerned about what pleases him. If your trust is in yourself, God's going to humble you. But if your trust is in him, God will bless you. He who gives to the poor will lack nothing. But he who closes his eyes to them receives many curses. One of the things I've discovered in traveling to different places around the world is, first of all, Americans don't know what poverty is. One of my sons went and lived in Nicaragua for a few months doing a missions project down there. He's one of my adopted kids. He said, I grew up here in the States in a family that was considered impoverished. And by American standards, we were. But when I spent time with the people of Nicaragua, I discovered Americans don't know what poverty is. We are all blessed. And you may not have as much as this person or this person or this person, but I guarantee you've got more than that person, that person, and that person. And so instead of trying to figure out how you're going to get rich, try and figure out how you can be a blessing to somebody else. The Bible says that the person who gives to the poor 
lends to the Lord. The Lord will repay what you do for those who genuinely are in need. Now, the Bible says if a person refuses to work, they shouldn't be given food to eat. But if a person is not able to work, if a person is going through a health crisis or some other difficulty and they, they want to do the right thing, we have a responsibility, especially if there are brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a responsibility to help them. And right now, there are a lot of people all around the world who need help. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.